Hot Fire. This is Fred Ottman, Tugboat Typhoon. This is Voice ISAAC Dollar Sign. Hello everyone, this is the Interview Queen Alicia T. This is the Callahan Death Machine and the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sandy Callahan. This is the AirPod God MLW star Richard Holiday. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hello everyone, it's Stephen Jackson, aka DJ215, here again with another review from uh, Fight TV. This time it's going to be Impact No Surrender 2021 special, which took place earlier this weekend. Um, yeah, this was, um, may as well get right down into it and then I'll talk about my thoughts on the um, Impact, AW, NWA and now New Japan Pro Wrestling relationship. So we'll start with the show and I'll talk about those sort of um, thoughts at the end. So yeah, so this was actually a very long show. Um, it was almost three hours. It actually felt like a very long show to watch. Um, the, these specials have actually normally been quite a breeze to sit through and to watch. This one felt a little bit stilted, um, which I don't like, but I'm kind of getting the negativity out of the way. Um, it wasn't a bad show, um, but it wasn't the best one I've seen so far from Impact. Um, but what I will do, because I will say there was a lot in this show, um, so they fit a lot into the three hours, and they made use of the time. It just felt a bit longer than um, the other shows. But um, I'll get straight into it. So the first thing we had was a um, opening promo from uh, Tommy Dreamer. So it was actually the 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 evening the um, the special was aired was Tommy Dreamer's fiftieth birthday, and he's going up in the main event against Rich Swan for the Impact Championship. Um, brilliant opening promo from Tommy Dreamer. You know, I know I've been critical about Tommy Dreamer previously on reviews, but his passion for wrestling and his passion for his love of wrestling, you know, no one can deny that. And this particular promo was very heartfelt and was very genuine and um, very simple. You know, it was just him talking to the camera, talking about his career, talking about his family. Um, and it was really well done. You know, I really like how Impact do these sort of promo packages. And this, again, was really, really good to start the show. Um, so from there we kind of had the opening package and then we cut to Tommy Dreamer coming out of the locker room referencing the Super Bowl um, and saying that, you know, if they can, you know, he, he hopes to do the same as, um, I believe it's Tom Brady, if I get the name right, do apologise if I got the name wrong there, I didn't make a note on my notes, not a massive American football fan, um, but um, yeah, it was um, it was it was good, you know, it was a good way to start the show and really set off the tone for the show. Um, but then we got into the opening match, which was between uh, Tanel Dashwood and Triple XL of AC Romero and uh, Larry D against Decay of Crazy Steve, Rosemary, and Black Taurus. So, not Black Taurus, Black Taurus. Um, so, Caleb Conley, when he came out for Tanel Dashwood's intro, he had a neck brace on as Black Taurus had sort of hit him with a um, pile driver earlier in the. Um, earlier in the week so that was kind of played into um ac romero he's absolutely huge at the moment he looks absolutely massive um i don't know how much he weighs it didn't actually go into that much detail but he looks enormous um he's a big dude um 
what what I will say though in the intro um, and the entrances that there was a really great visual shot of Decay coming down to the ramp, and there was sort of the smoke and things, and you saw um, Black Tarus in the background with his mask, and you know in the distance, which I thought looked really really good. I thought it looked really cool that visual. Um, it's a really good addition actually, Black Tarus. I think he's a great character, phenomenal wrestler. Um, so I think he you know fits into Decay really well. The actual match itself, it was it was quite good actually. You know, you got some. It was a really good showcase for Black Tarusa for anybody else. His, you know, the, the way he moves to say so big and he, he's very much like um, Elia Park, as many of us know, um, La Parca um, from WCW. He was a lot bigger than the cruiserweights of the day, um, Psychosis, uh, Rey Mysterio and Juventu Guerrero, to name a few. He was, you know, he's around six feet and he's got more of a stocky build and to Black Tarus is of the same sort of build and, you know, shape. Um, but he can just really, really go. You know, the speed he was working at was unbelievable. There was a really awesome pop-up someone dropped to Larry D from his power. It just looked awesome. Um, Larry D went for a suicide dive, which was crazy. Um, a Black Taurus actually went back and hit a corkscrew to the outside, which looked mental, um, you know, given his size. Um, AC Romero got Tanel Dashwood into a powerbomb position when everyone was on the outside and threw her out of the... Um, out of the ring into everybody on the outside. And then she kind of jarred her elbow on the ramp and the um, lights on the ramp. So that was, it, it was thankfully not as scary as it could. It was scary, but it wasn't as dangerous as it could have been. But, um, you know, it was a it was a scary spot. Um, and then the, the finish came from, so the mist came out from Rosemary into... Um, into the face of, uh, I believe it was Larry D. If I t oh, sorry, AC Romero, I'll tell a lie, sorry. AC Romero, and then Larry D was in the ring, and um, you hit him with a moonsault, neck did um, Black Tarus, which looked beautiful, followed by a, sort of a blue thunderbomb, so similar to a Michinoku driver, but it was more in the sense of a blue thunderbomb, which got um, Black Tarus, um, Crazy Steve and Rosemary the win, um, great showing for Black Taurus, as I just mentioned. Um, great for the Decay to get a big win. Um, it was it was what it was. Um, standard sort of stuff, but it was a good showing for Black Taurus, without doubt. You know, really thought it. Um, you know, established him as a main player in Impact and a member of Decay. So it sort of um, you know did what it needed to do. So it was a good little opener. And from there, we then went into the next match of the show, which was between um, Hernandez and Brian Myers against Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona. So Brian Myers and um, Matt Cardona, formerly um, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder of um, WWE, who were part of Edge's coalition back in around 2008. Um, they interfered in the Undertaker's match at WrestleMania 24, um, they got involved in that. So long time since then, and both have kind of gone on different paths, different um, you know, careers since then. Um, so it, it, the story of the match was basically that Brian Myers' um eye had been attacked by earlier in the you know week by Eddie Edwards, um, and you know he uh, always when there's eye spots in wrestling, I always think of Terry Funk and my eye, my eye. I just had to get that on him. Just had to get that on record. <laughs> but um yeah, it was you know, it was okay this particular match. Um Brian Myers is actually a really good heel. 
he was really derogatory of Eddie Edwards, saying that he's, you know, a backyarder, even though, you know, he was trained by Killer Kowalski, which I thought was a really good plug to um, the heritage of uh, Eddie Edwards, you know, a classically trained wrestler, which I thought was really good. Um, Hernandez um, in this match was kind of the lackey for Brian Myers. Um, Brian Myers was wearing a eye patch throughout the match as well, which kept moving. Um, which kind of, and it kept, you kept seeing his eye. So essentially, Brian Meyer's eye was out of action. So it was basically like he was blinded in one eye, but he kept moving. And you can kind of see that his eye looked fine. So it kind of took a little bit of the drama away from the match. Um, but Hernandez, you know, he, as always, great showing from Hernandez. He, you know, both taking bumps and, you know, wrestling in this match. Um, he did some great splash. He, he did a great splash. You know, he hit some great, um, you know, suplexes and, you know, um, power moves. And then Eddie Edwards got the hot tag for following a top rope superplex to um, Matt Cardona. And then Matt Cardona came in like a house of fire. Um, it's how I put it in my notes. You know, he hit a falcon arrow, which looked beautiful, onto Brian Myers for a two count. Um, there was an awkward spot, though, between which led kind of into the finish where Hernandez kind of caught Eddie Edwards when he was doing a dive to the outside, and then he hit him with one of them double hand slap things, um, which looked a little bit awkward. Um, but then we did get a really beautiful um, moment where there was a Frankensteiner, um, which only got a two count, um, but what had followed was that Brian Myers... Um, had earlier on in the match exposed a turnbuckle um, which then played into the match later on so Brian Myers actually lifted um, um, Matt Cardona sorry and he landed onto the exposed turnbuckle so it kind of knocked out Brian Myers sorry Matt Cardona so Brian Myers got the win um, with him and Hernandez it was it was okay you know this wasn't a match kind of I would it, it, it didn't really it was just a standard kind of TV match. It wasn't like it was anything special. Um, you know, it was just okay. You know, I, I it, it, there were some good spots in it, but it was okay. That's how I'll put it. Um, then later on, we got a um, promo from uh, ha Matt Hardy and the private party of AW who were going and facing uh, the Good Brothers and Chris Saban and James Storm later on for the Impact World Tag Team titles. Again, this was okay. You know, I mean, like, it, 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 they just said they were going to take the belts and they weren't going to come back with them. Standard kind of stuff, you know, it, it, and it also bizarre looked like they were filming this in a hotel lobby, which was very strange. Uh, <laughs> it looked like a very odd venue to be filming a back, a back um, stage promo. Um, yeah, it was okay. You know, it, it was kind of standard stuff, you know. Um, and, it, um, you know, it didn't... It, I didn't look at this and think, oh, private party are going to take the belts. Just thought, oh, they're in this match and they're going to, you know, wrestle in this match, you know. Um, so it was okay. And then following from that, we got the next match, which was between um, Dina, or as I always keep saying, uh, Dana, <laughs> with uh, the Violence uh, VBD, sorry. And they were taking on um, Cody Dina's former partner, um, Jake something, Violence by Design. Is the name of the uh, the stable which Cody Dean is part of, along with um, Joe Doring and um, and Eric Young. I don't get the whole Eric Young crazy, like you know, cult leader esque thing. Don't do anything for me. I've never been a massive fan of Eric Young. Um, don't do anything for me. But like I said before, Joe Doring, this guy, 
he is going to be something. He is something. This guy needs booking to the hills. He's an amazing talent. Book him, give him the title, let him just run riot in impact. Or where with this relationship I'll talk about later, he's phenomenal. You know, we haven't if you've been watching him in impact, you haven't seen the best of what he can do. He's something special, something to look forward to. And in that same uh, breath, Jake something, you know, cousin Jake, he's another guy who's just got all the tools, all the talent. He can bring it and he's awesome. You know, he recently fought in the um in the Super X Cup and he was brilliant in that. And this was again, you know, um good stuff, you know, um from him. Really impressed with him, you know. Um a great big, you know, dude, but he can move like a cat, you know. Um there was you know, a lot of scary bumps though. Like like Eric Young hit um Jake something with a scary looking net breaker on the outside, um really taking it to him. You know there was a a real uh, one of the spots I loved was where um Cody Dina had um had Jake in a, a headlock, but he had him against a ring post, so it was like he was ramming his head into the ring post, which I thought looked really good. And then following that, he kind of caught um. Jake did Cody Dina um between the ropes and the turnbuckle and then he slammed he hit him sorry with a um a really vicious looking um drop kick which you know really into the turnbuckle which looked really jarred the back of um Jake's neck which looked scary um there was you know then it was just kind of standard stuff from there you know we got a sit out power bomb which got a close two count we got a beautiful tope from Jake something onto the outside, which looked beautiful as well. Looked great, um, and then the win came courtesy of um, Cody Dina walking into an um, black hole slam of Jake something for the win. Um, but then that wasn't um, it. So then um, Vance by design came in and took advantage of um, you know uh, Jake something being down um, after the match, and Joe Doring um, had. Um, Jake something put on his uh, shoulders by Eric Young and Cody Dina on the turnbuckle and then he landed a, a nasty looking powerbomb through a table similar to those ECW um, clips you see. Um, this was okay. You know, the only thing what I didn't like was at the end of this, Joe Doring was pulling a really stupid face, um, which I feel was a bit too corny for my tastes. Um, kind of getting away with the crazy thing, but it just looked a bit weird. Um, it was okay. You know, again, it felt like an impact match which had been put onto this show. It wasn't bad. You know, it was really good and it'll help the storyline progress, definitely. And I really can't wait to see um, Cousin Jake and Jake something and Joe Doran go at it at some point because that'll be a brilliant match. I know it will. Um, so really excited for that. Um, following from this, we then went backstage and we had a promo between um, Eddie Edwards, Alicia Edwards and Tommy Dreamer saying that it was Eddie Edwards had a birthday present for him and said that he'd got it and it was going to be his time for the um, Impact title. And then Alicia gave uh, Tommy Dreamer a hug um, and, you know, said that she loved him, which was a nice little touch, actually. You know, I was a bit unsure about this promo to start with, but, you know, I think one thing is, is that this really got across just how much Eddie Edwards, sorry, um, Tommy Dreamer has affected the um, blocker room of impact for the good and how many people he has um, made a positive impact for. No pun intended. Um, so it was a really nice celebration of Tommy, actually, and what he's given to the wrestling business. Um, so I thought that was a really nice little promo. And from there, we then went into the um, 
the number one contenders match for the X Division title, which is actually a triple threat revolver match. Great name for um, for a particular match. So the triple threat revolver basically is that it was a gauntlet match, but it um, was always a triple threat match. Um, so there were three men who started in the ring, one person got eliminated, and then another man came in until they then got to the final three, and then the winner of the match, um, the when the last man had entered, won the number one contendership for the Impact um, X Division uh, title. So the eight wrestlers who were involved were Davari, Suicide, Willie Mack, Ace Austin, Trey Miguel, um, Chris Bay, Josh Alexander and Blake Christian. Um, so the three wrestlers who started off things were Suicide, Blake Christian and Trey Miguel. Awesome, awesome chemistry between these three guys. Um, love Trey Miguel's um, attire. Um very um, reminiscent of Masato Yoshino from Dragon Gate, um, the kind of cut um, cut tights and the um, singlet, um, you know, uh, shoulder um, straps on his um, on his waist, um, and you know the way he wrestled. I thought it looked great. Um, suicide hit a massive um, tope onto the um, outside, and. Um, it was from there that um, he um, kind of put himself into a bad position because um, then Trey Miguel was able to take the advantage and he actually locked um, Suicide into an armbar, um, which then made Suicide tap out. Um, so it was a quick little turnaround with these three. It was really fast and furious, this match, so I'll only kind of go through the bits you know, I was able to, you know, keep track of as it was going along, because this is one of those matches where, you know, the action was happening quicker and you could write it down. Um, but then the next wrestler to come in was Chris Bay, and according to Matt Stryker on commentary, this was the first match since Rebellion uh, Chris Bay had been in what hadn't been a title match on a major show, which is, you know, a nice little um, factoid. Um, shows how much stock they've put in Chris Bay, actually. Um, and again, you know, Blake Christian hit a double rounder to um, Trey Miguel and to Chris Bay, um, there was a standing C4 on the outside, so reminiscent of a Spanish fly, but you kind of, um, it's it's a running move rather than, um, it's, sorry, it's a stationary move rather than a running move like a Spanish fly. Um, then uh, Blake Christian missed the um, a, a springboard 450, which then gave Chris Bay the advantage, and he actually hit um, a Verta driver or a cop killer, uh, which homicide um sort of you know made famous um and that got chris bay the next elimination so blake christian had gone from the match really great to see that move coming back in because it is a great move um very nasty looking but you know vicious all the same um and then the next entrant in was davari and davari um <laughs> was he was been and gone before he had time to even, you know, um, sort of lace up his boots, you might say. But there was a really fun little spot where he did a great um, backdrop, but then he followed that on with a belly-to-belly in the push-ups, reminiscent of Scott Steiner, um, onto Chris Bay, um, which made me laugh. But then Trey Miguel came along with a massive meteora from the top, um, and then that took out Davari and he was gone. So again, references to Dragon Gate. So a meteora is um, Shima's... Uh, finishing move so it's where um you're on the top rope and you um have a sort of diving knee drop and um, with both knees onto the shoulders of your opponent and the chest um and shima normally has the um, wrestler on the ground and then gets maximum impact by having them sat up 
and then lands on the knees. Sorry, it lands his knees on the shoulders. Um, great move. Very underrated move. Um, it's very dangerous, but it looks awesome. Um, so, yeah, so Trey Miguel got Davari eliminated, um, which then was followed. Um, the next entrant was Josh Alexander. Um, so now that Ethan Page has left Impact, Josh Alexander has gone on a solo run. So he was in this match for the Impact Champion, uh, sorry, the X Division Championship. Um, strength here was insane. So Trey Miguel actually got Josh Alexander into a sleeper hold, and then Chris Bay came along and um, he was suplexed while. Um, Chris, sorry, while Trey Miguel was on the back of uh, Josh Alexander, that was insane. Um, there was a massive kick, um, but Chris Bay landed onto um Josh Alexander, but he actually caught it, and then Josh Alexander landed, uh, got the ankle lock locked in, and he sort of landed on the ground like her Angle used to do, and then you know Bay was trying not to tap, but he had to tap out in the end. So um, so that was it for uh, Chris Bay. So Chris Bay was gone. So the next wrestler to come in was Willie Mack. Um, he was the next entrant in. And um, Willie Mack um, came in again like a house of fire. So he hit a two Samoan drops in quick succession with two kip-ups. And then he hit the double moonsault onto both uh, Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander. Um, and then we had kind of the Tower of Doom spot where Willie Mack um, power-bombed um, Josh, Josh Alexander while Josh Alexander superplexed Trey Miguel. Yeah. Um, and then... We had and yeah another um we had a DDT to Josh Alexander from Trey Miguel which then was turned into so he went back up to the top and then he landed a meteora onto Willie Mack so another meteora which took out Willie Mack so Willie Mack then was eliminated so the three men who were then the final three were Ace Austin um Josh Alexander and Trey Miguel so Trey Miguel had done the full um he he'd been the first one in. And they'd done the full, um, you know, the full match itself. Really sold that as well. You know, there was a really great close up of him, um, you know, struggling to his feet and things. I thought he did that really well. Um, and then Ace Austin came in, and Austin was overpowered by everybody. Um, but he did hit a massive German suplex to Trey Miguel, um, which looked great. But then that was countered by Trey Miguel hitting a reverse run, which looked beautiful. I love that move. Um, and then, uh, which was only a two count though, but then, um, we had a crazy tope followed by a Fosbury flop from Ace Austin, which looked beautiful. And then we had kind of a kick battle of super kicks and there was an overdrive, what was done with a lot of, uh, vengeance and, uh, velocity. Um, so it's kind of like a arm lock, um, driver, you might call it, um, which looks great when it's done just right as it was in this match. But then, um... The finish came from a double Death Valley driver on from Josh Alexander onto Ace Austin and Trey Miguel. And then um, there was an ankle lock, which was countered. And then um, Josh Alexander caught, um, caught Trey Miguel uh, on a powerbomb, uh, with a powerbomb on his knee, which looked crazy. And then he countered that into a J-Driller um, pile driver. Um, so it was a double underhook pile driver. Um driller it's a, a driver driller for the win um really enjoyed this i thought this was brilliant i thought all the guys got time to shine i thought everyone you know had a little part to play in it um i thought that josh alexander and trey miguel looked fantastic 
Um, can't wait to see those guys go at it again one on one. And everybody, this this shows the depth the X division has at the moment, and the amount of different styles and wrestlers they've got. Um, this was definitely what I would say was the match of the night for me. Um, I thought the concept as well was really fun. And I thought the way that it was just booked and everyone got time, um, I thought it was a really fun match. Um, really enjoyed this, really good. So this was really, you know, this was a really good match. Um, and then after this match, we had then the um, Impact Knockout Tag Team title match. So that was between um, Fire and Flavor of Kiera Hogan and Tasha Steeles against Havoc and Nevaeh. Um, and this was a rematch from Hard to Kill where it was the finals of the Impact. Um, knockouts tag team titles um, Fire and Flavor are really entertaining I really like the stuff what they do um, I think they're really fun I think they're really funny and they've got great charisma um, power and speed game again in this one you know you, you, you know, it was definitely a match of kind of um, two different styles of wrestler although it was a tornado tag match so there was no DQ we didn't get a lot of weaponry involved in this match it was more kind of playing into the everyone in the ring at the same time kind of scenario which was good um, we didn't get a lot of plunder um, we did get a kendo stick but there were shots to the head with that so that was um, you know quite vicious and what we did get as well though was um, we got um, everyone taking one another to the limit because what had happened is, is there was a back breaker clothesline combo which looked beautiful followed by a code breaker from um, Fire and Flavor and then there was a double um, suplex from Havoc onto both Fire and Flavor which kind of then led into the end of the match where Havoc got up and then she was about to go for an um, shoulder barge into the turnbuckle but she landed into um, the chair what was in the turnbuckle so then that kind of took her out and then um, there was a cutter from Fire and Flavor onto um, a sign uh, which had been brought into the ring of Nevea, onto Nevea, um, which then got Fire and Flavor the win. Uh, it, again, it was okay. It was kind of like an impact match, um, but I really like the chemistry these two teams have. I really like the work both teams put into it. So I thought it was good fun. You know, it was it was where it was. It was a good match. Um, then we got a promo from Rich Swan who was saying that um, Tommy Dreamer needed a new set of teeth um, because he was going to kick them out. <laughs> so although it was a friendly match, there was a little bit of animosity there between the two, which I thought was a you know, a nice little uh, little play into who knew what was going to happen kind of thing, if they were going to stay friendly or not. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then we went into the X Division title match. So that was between um, TJP, the reigning champion, against Rahit Raju, the former champion, um, who had um, who had his lackey with him, um, Nahali um, Shah. Shah um, yeah, this was. What I put in my notes was there's too many lackeys for the wrestlers, and by that I mean like it feels at the moment like in Impact there's a lot of people who have other people defending them, and this um, this felt the same. You know, like there was no need for like Ace Austin's got. Um, you know, Madman Fulton, um, Eddie, uh, sorry, Eric Young has got you know Joe Doring, Rohit Raju has got Malha, um, Sharai, um, sorry, I'm, I'm mispronouncing that. I do apologise, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just feels all. It feels like it's too many, a bit overkill. Let's put it that way, a bit of an overkill. Um, this match though, it was really really fun. You know, again, these two guys have great chemistry. You know, um, 
there was some really beautiful spots. So we had uh, a suplex onto the apron of the outside. Um, because this match actually didn't start for a few minutes. There was actually kind of like a battle on the outside before this match actually took began. So they were fighting before the bell sounded. So there was a suplex under the ramp on the outside. There was a tope over the rail on the outside, which looked beautiful. Um, and, you know, they were, they were just taking it to one another straight away. And then once the bell rang, you know, it was just catch as can, technical wizardry. You know, we got a counter of a DDT into a Northern Lights suplex, which looked beautiful. We got a suplex followed by a corkscrew into a Fisherman Buster, which looked amazing. Um, you know, it, it, we had a, cross, a cross-face and leg-lock battle, which then landed into a, a knee followed by a springboard DDT. It looked great, which then from that landed um, into a splash from TJ Perkins. His... Um, take on the frog splash um and then that got the victory for tjp and got him the win um yeah this was you know again this was really really good stuff you know i really enjoyed this i thought this really elevated the show because up until this point bar the um revolver match i hadn't really been enjoying it but this really um really kicked it up a gear um, or like made me feel like I was watching an Impact special, let's put it that way. I enjoyed everything, but this made it feel like an Impact special, let's put it that way. Um, this was really good, and I want to see them go at it again at some point. You know, I think these guys have got loads more to give one another as opponents, and this was just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. You know, I think they're great. Um, following on from there, we then had a little promo again from Tommy Dreamer mentioning his history with tears in his eyes, which was a really, you know, heartfelt promo again. You know, everything Tommy Dreamer says, you know, is said with such sort of, um, you know, passion and integrity. And it was a really, you know, nice little promo. Um, really celebration of Tommy, like I said. It was a great celebration of Tommy Dreamer, this show. Um and then following on from this promo, we got the six man, uh, sorry, six, six women's knockouts tag team match between uh, Diana Perazzo, Kimberly, and Susan against Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB. So ODB had returned to Impact um, earlier this week. Um, so she was put into this match to be one of the opponents, uh, sorry, one of the partners of Jordan Grace and Jazz. Um, this again, I really, really love this match. I thought Kimberly looked phenomenal. I thought Jazz looked amazing. I thought, as always, John and Grace just delivered in, you know, spades. I think John's one of the best female wrestlers out there. Um, everyone got time to shine. Everyone, you know, wrestled a great match. Um, you know, even ODB, you know, was able to show off some of her wrestling ability rather than it being all character work, which I thought was great. Um you know, we got to hear at one point when they were doing the um, sort of turnbuckle spot, um, ramming the uh, head into the turnbuckle. You could hear jazz in the background um, counting along, which was good fun. Um, we had a crazy looking spine buster um, at one point. And then um, what happened though, what led into the win for um, it, the winners were uh, Jordan Grace, Jazz, and ODB. What happened is, is that jazz. Um, she was f swinging for the fences, hit Jordan Grace. So you thought, oh no, this is going to be, you know, a heel win. And then uh, there was a tope from Kimberly onto the outside. So she took everybody out on the outside. But then Susan um, had gone into the ring and she um, tried to take out Jazz. But then Jazz countered her and landed, uh, put her into an STF. And then um, Jazz was able to tap out um, 
it was able to tap out Susan on the inside of the ring and that got them the victory. This was really fun. You know, again, you know, this might not have been like um impact special kind of material, but I thought everyone got time to shine. I thought Kimberly looked amazing in this match. Definitely the best I've seen her in a long time. Um and a showcase for her. And, you know, Jazz has been on the tear since she's been in Impact, as has, you know, John and Grace. ODB looked great. And, um, you know, Diana Perazzo just looked brilliant as well. You know, this was really good. Really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I thought that it was a really good showcase for the uh, Impact uh, Knockouts division. So that was good stuff. Um, and then from there, we then got the semi-main event, which was the uh, three-way tag team match for the Impact Tag Team titles between the good brothers of the Machine Gun Kyle Anderson and Doc Gallows against um, Chris Saban and um, James Storm and Private Party and Matt, pa Matt Hardy of AEW. So it was great to see Chris Saban and James Storm tagging again. You know, I loved it the last time I saw them ta uh, tagging. And, you know, this was no different. You know, they're a great team. You know, they work together so well. You know, and the history and impact, obviously, you know, is a great reason for them to be teaming together while Alex Shelley is out of action and things. Um, You know, Isaiah definitely... um, Isaiah, sorry, Isaiah, Isaiah, definitely looked the better of the two in private party. He got more in-ring action, definitely, um, out of the two members of the team. Um... Cool little spot as well where Chris Saban kind of told Private Party that you don't need Matt Hardy and to shake his hand, um, which they didn't take kindly to. So there was a that was then led into um, you know, a kick followed by a head scissors, which looked, you know, really beautiful. Yeah, they looked really, really good, did Private Party, you know. Um and then, you know, from there it was just action all the way. You know, we had big punches from Doc Gallows. We had an elbow drop from Gallows onto Isaiah. We had James Storm and Kyle Anderson having a, sl uh, a slugfest, which was then followed by a total elimination from Storm and Saban onto Doc Gallows, which looked awesome. Um, we got a neckbreaker moonsault move from Private Party onto Chris Saban, which looked great. Um, there was an assisted slice bread from Private Party onto James Storm, which almost got a two count, a three count. Um, and then uh, Quen um, hit a crazy looking DDT onto Doc Gallows. So what happened is, is that Doc Gallows had lifted Quen of Private Party up and it looked like it was going to throw him to the outside. But then um, Isaiah kind of had him and he helped him to, with the momentum go back and then he landed a really beautiful looking DDT it looked awesome um, Anderson came in then and landed a spine buster and then uh, James Storm landed the eye of the storm, well, that got a two count I love that move um, that got a two count and then there was a distraction so what happened is, is that um, Matt Hardy um, the referee was distracted, Matt Hardy came in, hit a twist of fate um, private party went for a swanton um, but then what happened is, is they went back up to the top but Kyle Anderson actually tagged on um, McQueen's um, McQueen's um, foot so then he was the legal man so although um, McQueen had um, landed the um, shooting star press um, Doc Gallows, sorry not Doc Gallows, sorry, Carl Anderson ran in, took out McQuen of Private Party and then stole the victory for the Good Brothers. Really fun match this, really, really fun. Um, 
it, it definitely um, showcased all three teams really well. Um, Isaiah looked phenomenal. Saban and Storm looked great. Um, you know, and it, it really it was a way to um, you know continue this feud going forward because I think this will continue. Um, really fun. You know, really fun match. That's the only way I can describe it. It was a ton of fun, and my notes don't make justice to how much action was actually going on. Tons of action. You know, it was really good. And then we went into the main event of um, Tommy Dreamer against Rich Swan. So um, once again, we had another great promo from Tommy Dreamer in the um, promo package before the match, and it was kind of his big match moment. Um, Matt Stryker said that we should start up a um, hashtag of thank you, Tommy, uh, as it was Tommy, Tommy Dreamer's 50th birthday, which I thought was, again, a nice little touch. It was a great kind of celebration of Tommy Dreamer. Um, the There was a lot of classic wrestling knowing this thing as well. I mean, I know I'm critical of Tommy Dreamer, but he can go when he wants to and when he's inspired. And, you know, they went at it, you know, early on with a lot of catch wrestling moves, classic wrestling, great exchanges. Um, there was a really nice-looking Samoan drop um, but that had been missed on the outside, and then um, it looked like Tommy Dreamer had kind of dislocated his finger, and Dr. Ross came out. Um, Dr. Ross, for those of you who know in the insiders, is um, Dr. Ross is actually the Impact um, marketing uh, gentleman, but it's really cool to see him having a spot in Impact as one of the um, you know on-site doctors. I think that's really cool. Because um, I knew when I saw him, I thought, oh, that's Ross. Um, <laughs> so, like, spotting people as it went along, cameos. Um, yeah, this whole finger thing was a bit weird. It was, like, trying to be hardcore but not hardcore. It was a bit, a bit strange. Um, and then from there, it kind of ended up being, like, you know, the the finger kind of playing into the match. And we had, like, you know, Jill, um, we had Rich Swan going for, like, um, you know, various things involving the, um, you know, the finger and like arm locks and things and you know it, it it was I don't know I enjoyed this match but yeah at the same time it felt like they tried a bit too hard and then there was kind of a spot which referenced Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels from you know WrestleMania 24 where you know I'm sorry I love you kind of thing where it was a super kick from Rich Swan which you know it it, it didn't it just felt like it was kind of trying to imitate something else. It didn't feel like it was... I don't know. I didn't... It started off really good, and then it kind of went on a different avenue. And I didn't like the avenue they went down. I liked the avenue they started on. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and it kind of... You know, there was a few spots, though, which were really good. Like, when, when Tommy Dreamer went for the Spicoli driver, that where it got the close two count, I thought that was great. And where Rich Swan landed a nasty-looking kick into Tommy Dreamer's face that looked crazy near the end, when Rich Swan then landed the Phoenix Splash for the victory. So it was, you know, it had its moments, but it just felt like they were trying to go for something a bit different, and it it lost its identity because it was trying to be something it wasn't, or it was trying to be something what other things had been in the past rather than being its own entity, which was a shame because you know it really could have ended up being its own little little match and again it felt like it could have been okay on impact this it didn't feel like it was worth well not worthy of an impact special but it didn't feel like the main event of an impact special let's put it that way it felt like an extended episode of impact this whole show um but there were moments what were fun so just to finish um concluding 
this match, Moose then ran out to the ring and he attacked um, Tommy Dreamer and Rich Swan, and then he had a steel chair and he was attacking Rich Swan's knee, um, and then um, he hit Tommy Dreamer with a spear, and then Moose was kind of the last man standing, um, referring to their match possibly down the line at Rebellion for the Impact title. Um, so that kind of closed the show then. So Moose kind of standing tall, and as I said, you know this was this was an okay show. Um, it wasn't the best Impact special I've seen. There's nothing I would say go out of your way to see, you know, in a flash. The X Division title match was really good, and the Revolver match was really really good. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really fun concept, and the six uh, women's tag match was really good as well i thought that was really good and showcased uh, kimberly and um jazz really well so um you know it, it was okay for what it was you know, it wasn't um it if it, it went a bit longer than i was hoping but there was nothing on it what was bad it was just like an extended episode of impact and you know that's um that's how i would describe it thumbs in the middle is how i would put it if i had to thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle thumbs in the middle you know, is how I would put it if I had to, um, you know, go by that kind of rating system. And um, as I said at the beginning of the show, I will, or the review, I will just explain a little bit of my thoughts on the um, AW, Impact Wrestling, NWA, and now New Japan Pro Wrestling relationship. Um, I think it's really, really exciting. Um, I put a tweet up saying that I'm really excited for it. Um, my only concern is the political situation with companies and with having so many companies involved with one another. Um, who's going to um, win which particular matches? Who's going to stand tall in particular matches? Who's going to um, you know, get the big push, etc.? Who's going to come off? Which company's going to come off looking stronger? Which company's going to come off looking weaker? So I hope that at the end of the day, it... Is a really strong talent sharing opportunity. Um, I mean, I'm excited to see if you don't know that um, David Finlay Jr. and um, Juice Robinson are going into Impact this week of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So Finn Juice, which is really exciting. Um, big fan of their tag team. So Finn Juice will be turning up in Impact, which is really good fun. Um, and I hope that this relationship between these companies, you know, is kind of a um a new era in non WWE wrestling where, you know, all the other companies can kind of work together coherently and, you know, together in the best way possible for all the talent involved. You know, um I just hope that people's egos and people's um you know political gains don't get in the way of what the talents can do and what the talents deserve to happen. Um you know, because there's a lot of talented wrestlers in all four of those companies and they all deserve to be showcased to the best of their ability. And I wouldn't want any of them to come across um, negatively or um, weak, is probably the way I would put it, weak. Um, we saw that happen with the uh, invasion back in 2001 with WCW and ECW. Although they were shells of their former selves, you may say, given, you know, the especially WCW, there was still a lot of politics which played into the rivalry which was put on by WWE, which I would not want to happen 
with this situation right now. I think this is a time for something positive to come out of it and a, a, a thing where, you know, you can help showcase wrestlers in different venues, different promotions and share talent to, you know, help other talent, you know, improve or to create new storylines which go across different promotions, you know, like the John Moxley and Kenta situation in AW and New Japan, you know, uh, the Good Brothers and, you know, uh, Kenny Omega in AW and Impact, you know, there are, there are things you can do. So it's really, really exciting. Um, and I hope that it does continue. Um, especially with like the pay-per-views coming up for all the promotions. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting. So, um, so yeah, so that's my little thoughts on that, um, you know, where we are at the moment with the, um, you know, the talent swapping situation. And that concludes my review of No Surrender 2021 for um, BBG Wrestling. Um, and just to finish off, as always, you can find BBG Wrestling on, on Twitter at BBG Wrestling and you can find uh, BBG Wrestling online at www.bbgwrestling.com. So that does it for me, Stephen Jackson, with another review of uh, Fight Output, this time No Surrender 2021. And I'll catch you all again soon.